It's been hours. I think we're lost. Yeah, yeah, we, we really should have found our way our way uh, out by now. All these hedges look the same. I know, I think that's that's kind of the, the point, is that, you know, every corner looks like every other corner. Pretty much. My sense of direction's gone at this point. Okay, um... Okay, have we, have we seen anything that might guide us? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. Like, we, we, we turned left... At things we've played. Yeah, but then we passed back by that like a couple of times, I'm sure. Yeah, but we we did take that that one right turn that took us to things we'd watched. And that, that was something different we hadn't seen previously, so that felt like progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there was that time we ended up in the dead end of, of, of things we listened to. Yeah, may, maybe if we get back to things we've listened to and then we try, like... Doing a U-turn and see if we can get to, like, perhaps questions or skits or something. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that, some other interstitial section. Yeah, and hopefully we'll eventually get to Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Oh, that wouldn't that be the day? Mm-hmm. Greetings, strangers, Queer and Pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies chat about our weeks and have a catch up and do silly skits and voices and the such. That's the thing. How are you doing, Jane? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. The sun's yeah. back. That's uh, yeah. certainly helped. Yeah, I'm doing much better than I have been the last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back on an upswing. Hmm. I'm, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of time of uh, the world, and now I'm like. Yeah, can't do anything about it. Might as well be awesome. I mean, you are awesome anyway. As are you. As are you. <laughs> Goodness. Shall we get right into it and do the things we do on this show? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So first, what have you played this week? What have I played this week? Well, we played some things together. We did play some things together. We, we played some Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, yes, we did. We've not played that in a little while. No, and I do like a worker placement game. Yeah, so for anyone who's uh, not heard us talk about this game before, you've got a map. It is a fictional location called Waterdeep. From the Dungeons and Dragons. Indeed. Uh, You have, like, you start with, I think it's four workers per round. That increases a little later on. It depends how many players, Uh, but in two players it is four. Yes, but you have a certain number of workers, and it's basically, there's these all these locations, each one you go to... Unless otherwise stated, can only be gone to once. Um, they each have a certain resource associated with them. There's quests that are worth points that are like, collect this many of these specific resources. And it's a lot of working out where to send your workers to maximise your point gains by doing quests. Yeah, uh, basically. Like, ha- uh, you each have a lord as well, which will give you an end of game bonus. So you're working to complete... Um, of, I think there's like four or six possible quest types. Yes, and you've got two that you get bonuses for. Yes, so you get bonuses for that. Some of the quests themselves will have like an ongoing reward. Yes, which like, are more useful early game than they are late game. They are, certainly. Yeah. Like, there was one we saw late game that I didn't go for that was like, it was worth zero victory points, but it would do a thing every round, and it's like, eh, not so useful now. Yeah, there's, there's one that uh, didn't come up at all, but I know there's ones to get like extra workers. Yeah, and there's things like um, you've got the ability to make extra buildings uh, that will give you benefits. Like 
anyone can use the building, but if you if you build it, you get a bonus no matter who, you know, sends a worker to it. Mm-hmm. Um there's also a mechanic that's around um the longer a building sits out on the board with no one having gone, I'll build that one, it accrues points that it'll be worth. So yeah. sometimes it's worth building a thing just to snatch the points off it. Yeah. Um yeah, we had a good fun time playing that. It's great. Yeah, it's a great fun game. I do. I I love worker placement games, and it, it's good that we've got one with so much variety to it. Yeah, because the board is constantly changing with that whole building aspect. Yeah, like, and the fact that we didn't get through even half of the the tiles for that. Yeah. Um, like the the fact that that means that the board can change in so many different ways and and be so unique each yes. playthrough. I. I also very much enjoy that you can basically at any time reset the the quests available so that like you're not stuck with things that are not worth your time. Yes. Um, that there's a lot of ability but that could to completely mess up somebody else's oh, plans. Oh, it could <laughs> yeah. indeed. But you basically have a lot of ability to reshuffle and refresh and be creative about what goals you want to go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did very well when we played that. I did. And. and... I'm not a big popular of winning things, <laughs> um, so it was it was nice to do all right. You did you did very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a there was a twenty point reward that I was eyeing up because it was one of my my reward ones. It was going to be worth twenty five points, and yeah, swept in and got it. it, it I wasn't going to get any end game bonus for it, but I was like, you know what? For twenty points, I've got everything I need. Just sit yeah, no, right here no, that. you did the right thing, but like. I had 90% of the stuff to do it. I would have needed like one resource token to do it. And I'll, as soon as you picked it up, I was like, I've lost. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to claw this back. <laughs> oh, it's, um, yeah, it, and it's, it, it feels it, less like random. Yeah. It, it It's balanced pretty well for two players. Yeah. It's a pretty quick two player game. You can get through yeah. it in probably half an hour. I think we've played it with four. Yeah. You can play uh, the base game up to five. I think there is an expansion where you get yeah. like you can add a sixth player. And it's... I think they throw some extra buildings yeah. in there. It's a pretty speedy moving game because it is basically what reward do you want or what what resource do you want to take this turn? Go around in a circle. You do like eight circles and you're done. Yeah, and it does. There is. I like the strategy of of worker placement games because yeah. it's like, what do I go for first? What is going to have the most sort of chain benefit to me? Yes. And yeah, I mean that's it's one of the better ones because I for ages I wanted to get a copy of Stone Age. Yeah, it seems to be fucking out of print everywhere. Or mm. like it, you can buy a copy, but it's like eighty quid. It's like mm, yeah. maybe not. But that's like here are some villagers build a thing. Mm. The the difference there, of course, is the fact that the board is set from start to finish. Yes. So Lords of Waterdeep certainly has the advantage on that for for those mm. changes. Wonderful. What about you? Well, we played some other board games together this week. Uh, We played another two months of Pandemic Legacy. (laughs) Uh, We played through July and August. We did. Uh, We have yet to lose a game, but like, oh, that map is getting a bit vicious. A bit spicy. Yeah, a bit spicy. Um, I I very much am enjoying the way the narrative is going and Mm -hmm. the sort of uh, the the quests we've had uh, popping up over time. I like this whole mechanic of do a certain thing to to progress like a a separate thing along a track but if you overshoot it you you can't do it this month yeah we have have a whole search mechanic now <laughs> yeah searching for people who might be able to help us to fix things and if you fuck it up nah, you just can't get them this this month try again yeah which considering how few 
options we have for uh, for objectives right now. Like, if we'd failed either of those searches, we'd have had to start building military bases across the world, which mm. wouldn't have been a fun prospect. I've been trying to avoid the military aspect, yeah. I'll be honest, but yeah. we, we did make reasonable use of it, um, was it July? I think. Yes. Because we were forced to take a permanent military base. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. We'd said no to the temporary ones we were offered, but for a permanent, it was like, it seemed worthwhile because it, it gave us a way to get in, get rid of zombies and get out. Well, I think in that one, it, because it was giving us a permanent one and a temporary one. Yeah, yeah. So it meant that it had to go on the board either way. But yeah. And it, it gave us use because we had two of them to sort of yes. go end to end. But it didn't feel like... It wasn't the worst thing in the world because yeah. it's only one. It we have we have used them as little as possible. Yeah, I think the two from this like start of game reward were the first two we've actually used. We've not taken any of the military like stickers that we can stick on cards to upgrade cards. No. We've 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 focused on medical equipment generally. Although you do have that thing now where you've got like an entourage of people that will sort of shoot a single person. Yes. I do, but we as a group agreed that that was a smart decision because everything was a little bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's um at the state that the world has gotten to right now, I wouldn't blame the world for having a very small amount of military uh in involvement in getting through this. Yes, there's also lots of intrigue in the backstory as well that we've yeah. discovered. Hmm. I I have my suspicion about what's going on, huh? Hmm. Mysterious. Yeah. So this game's um expanding a lot. Yeah, I I I have been really enjoying it. Like, if this was gonna just keep going and going and going, I wouldn't be upset about that. Like, I'm very much enjoying this ongoing narrative. Well we can play season two. I mean, I'm up for it. <laughs> I, I I am enjoying this enough that I would like to have an ongoing I'm, I've been I've been enjoying having an ongoing excuse to play a board game that has a th- a through line. Yeah, it's, but, it's it's and I think it's get an, made an excuse for playing the same game more often because that yes. can very often be a problem for board gamers. Of we've really only played that like three or four times. Yes, well, I think it's why I enjoyed um, Arkham Horror as well. Yeah, it, it was nice to have an excuse to come back to this mechanic several weeks in a row. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to play that because obviously we still haven't seen all of the stuff to do with um, the places we went. Yep, we... and we've not tried a bunch of the characters in yep. that. Like, I'm definitely up for revisiting Arkham Horror mm-hmm. maybe after we finish Pandemic. Yeah, and I think at some point I might consider getting like the, the Dunnage um, legacy stuff, mm. which is like the second, or blo- well, the first expansion block. Yeah. And just go, hey, there's all of this, which will add like a bunch of new characters, and I think it's a six or seven part campaign. Ooh. So it goes, it goes on for a while. Yeah, because this first one we did was what, like three, parts? three parts. Yeah. yeah. Well, goodness. It'll be interesting to see how that goes with uh, like longer play times. Yeah. What the new characters are like. Can you then, you know, put them back into the original campaign and, yeah. and try through there with that? Because there's. As I say, this for considering the game's only about twenty quid. Yeah, like you, you. I think you get a lot of replay replayability in the box. Yes, agreed. I'm not sure how fun it would be in single player. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think multiplayer is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What else have you been playing this week? We played some Luxor as well. Oh yes. So we've talked about this before. I think it's uh... Uh, so Luxor from Queen Games is a sort of a deck builder. A kind of um, kind of building a collaborative deck. You've you've got a um a map that is basically a spiral tomb heading towards a central space. Mm-hmm. Um, you were trying to collect treasures on your way in by landing on getting a certain number of figures to land on a space to claim that treasure mm-hmm. completed sets of all three types of treasure get you a bunch of bonus points at the end and depending mm-hmm. on where your, your little workers end up you you get bonus points for that okay. um there's a bunch of like there's treasure at the very yeah, end there's, but there's only two of to get yeah uh there's a bunch of spaces that will have special abilities like maybe you can go through tunnels or you can move your figures in different ways but the main mechanic is you have your hand of five cards, and they say how many you can move one of your characters, but you can only take the leftmost or rightmost card from your hand. You mm-hmm. can't reorder your hand, and any new cards you pick up have to go in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of work them out to the edge to be able to use them. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely mechanic. Yeah, it's, it's a real interesting way of... Um, making it so that board movement isn't randomised so much as... You have to very much plan ahead your next several moves. Yeah, it feels like more interesting than if it had just been dice. Yeah. And they could have just made it dice. Yeah, but like this movement mechanic, and particularly we'll get to the expansion in a second, some of the ways that the expansion tweaks that mechanic, are what I think make, it takes this from what would have been a, uh, I'm not really invested to like, no, 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 I feel like I can strategize my way around this. Well, it's quite interesting because there are points where you can put extra cards into the deck, but it's a shared deck. So yes. once you've used that card once, it's going to be available for yeah. everyone. It's basically certain spaces let you get these interesting cards that will do things like move all of your characters this number of spaces or roll a dice to see how far you move or, you know, things like move that. Um, than usual. Yeah, and that's the thing, is when you, you land on a space and get one of those cards, first it goes in your hand, so you know, oh, in within two or three turns I could use this, but it will eventually go back in the deck and you might get it again, someone else might get it, you, you have to roll the dice on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we played with two of the expansions. We did, two of the queenies. Yes, yeah, so t- tell us about the expansions. <laughs> um. So the first one replaces the scarabs, which are... A random pickup throughout the game. They each have like an amount of points on the back, and you can sort of keep that a secret until the end of the game and go, aha, actually, I have another 20 points. <laughs> um, this one replaces the scarabs with uh, like discards mm. abilities. So you discard a card and you discard your scarab. The scarabs themselves aren't worth points anymore, but it might be move one person up to the next treasure hunter mm. so that you will then have two people and maybe two people will be enough to carry that block of that, that treasure away that you need mm. which is quite nice there's um I think there's one that makes it easier to carry treasure yes there's one that lets you take cards from anywhere in your hand rather than only mm. edges or put them back anywhere in your hand mm-hmm. yeah and along those lines, the we, the second expansion replaces mm. uh, four of the uh, tiles around the board 
So basically, the board is pr- pretty much randomly generated. It is a spiral. Yes. And it has icons for, hey, you put these things here in a random order. You put yes. these things here in a random order. So all of the treasure and the values of that treasure and how many people you need to move that treasure are randomised every yes. game. Usually there are some that will have little arrows on it and go, you move ahead. Yeah. Th- Land- one, yeah. I think it's one to five. Yeah, places. landing on this space auto moves you this many steps ahead. Um, so what we found instead was these, uh, we've replaced them with the expansion pieces. Uh, I think there's five or six in there. Yeah. that you only need four. It, it was stuff like, um, discard a card from your hand as normal, but rather than moving the number of spaces on the card, you can choose to move between one and three spaces, or discard a card as normal, but move one of your adventurers forward to the next adventurer location. Or there was one that was... Discard a card, but you stay in place, which yes. means you will get the um, benefit of landing wherever somebody would have landed again. Yeah, yeah, you can double up on getting a, a an activation of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 things in those expansions all made sense, um, and all felt pretty interchangeably usable. Like, I feel like you could have used, say, half those and half tokens from the original, and it would s- still have functioned fine, and... Yeah. It, it was a nice change of pace of how to get around that board. Uh, yeah, I felt like it added some time to the game and yeah. uh, slightly different strategies. It it didn't fundamentally shake up the game. It was just, hey, here's a little bit of variety in the kinds of things you might see. Yeah. So basically, when it was on Kickstarter, I got the deluxe edition, I think, which came with uh, the game itself, four expansions, a Kickstarter exclusive expansion, and a whole separate expand-alone game. It's called, uh, was it, oh, Luxor Treasures or something? Hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, it's 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 an expansion, right? No, it's just a whole completely separate game that they've just slapped the label on. Yes. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. I I got two games for that then. But the <laughs> the I think because there was quite a lot in the game to start with, and the manual is. A bit cluttered, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's not terribly... It's not a terribly clear-to-read font or font size, and there's lots of diagrams with arrows all over them. And, and some of those diagrams are slightly more complicated yeah, than they need it, to be. Not, not great use of headers to make it easy to flip to the section you need, or great laying out of... It's not terribly intuitive where you would flick to to find the information you're looking for. Which is weird, because once you've played the game once, you know... Easily how to set up the board. Easily yeah. easily how everything works out. And the only time you ever refer to the manual is, oh, what does what does that card do? What does oh, that okay, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, what does that tile do? Yeah. Which really should just be the back page is flip yeah. to there, here's the icons, here's what they do. Yeah. That that's really all it needs. And so when I got it, I was a bit like, Oh, I'm not gonna start on expansions yet. Yeah, and there looks like there's quite a lot here. So I think we played it two or three times. I know we played it together a couple of times. We played it with friends once. Uh, yeah, once or twice. Yeah. So it was nice to sort of go. Okay, well, I think I understand it now. Let's get the expansions out. So we played those two, and I've now unpacked the other two and the ex- Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter exclusive is just extra bits for each of the other expansions. Okay. So there's like two extra of those green tiles. Hmm. Um, Just a little extra variation. Yeah, two extra for those green tiles, two extra for the scarabs. Hmm. Um, so the next expansion after that is like a little sub tomb. 
So these mm. you've replaced four particular tiles around the board. That oh will, yes, yeah. That will put you in a, like a, a flight of stairs. You can choose then to go down the flight of stairs into this uh, sort of separate off to the side board. Yeah, which will have a bunch of treasures that you can pick up depending again how many people you've got. But they're a whole separate category of treasures, so they won't count towards your sets mm. for when you finish the game, which is interesting. Yeah. But also there's like loads of opportunities for just, you've landed on this tile, so you get points for that. Yes. Uh, you might get like extra bonuses for moving other people or, or things, depending on where you land. Again, the Kickstarter exclusive expansion had extra bits for that. Mm. And the last one is missions. Oh, yes. So as you progress around the boards, you start with, I think it's th- three people. There are three ad- yeah. three additional people that like are... Like when you reach certain points in the spiral. Yeah, so as you, as you sort of go past that peak, you'll pick up an extra point person. They will start back at the beginning of the tomb. But at the same mm. time now, on those squares, there will be a number of missions. Yeah. So the first person to land or go past those things will pick up uh, the missions, look through, mm. pick the one they want and put the other one down. Yeah. <laughs> And it just means that you can get bonuses for, like, uh, discarding certain treasures, uh, being in a certain uh, a room with a certain value. Yeah. It, it incentivizes both getting deeper into the tomb faster, but also not rushing to the very end of the tomb because you want to hang around long enough you can do your objectives mm-hmm. before you do it. And yep. It seems interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about uh, how that actually plays. So, yeah. yeah. And again, the the expansion had like a couple of extra bits for that too. So, yeah, I'm excited to see. Yeah, the expansions all seemed simple enough that I'm happy to throw some more of those in and do some more attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played anything else this week? I played another board game. I played <gasps> Pandemic. Well, Pandemic plus the On the Brink expansion. Tell me about that. How'd um, that go? So, I, it's got loads of stuff in it. Like, there's loads of different types of characters. Some of them you all know from Legacy. Like, the Quarantine Specialist. Oh, yes. Um, so, there's, there's, I think there's now something like 16 characters from the base game and this. Okay. So, then there's, um, like, a whole extra colour of uh, uh, Contagion Cubes. Ooh. Which you can play in one of two modes, and one of them, the sort of big one that requires a pad, in that sort of um, Sherlock Holmes yes, game yes. style of I am the bio terrorist. You don't know where I am in the world, but occasionally during an infection phase, I'll just go. I'm just going to pop that down there. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, and that's potentially, devilish. Potentially make things a lot worse for the players. So um, the other thing you can do if you don't have... Because you can't play both expand, both alternate scenarios together. Yeah. But one of them is a, uh, a mutation strain. Oh. So you, when you pick out the cities to infect at the beginning, mm. you just throw these two extra cards in the discard pile. Right. And they, at the beginning they do nothing. But once the first shuffle happens, they will go into that set and be shuffled into the... the um, sort of okay. the new cities to be infected one of the options with that is that they basically whenever they literally any time they come out they will pick a card off the bottom of the thing infect that with a specifically of the 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 purple virus yeah and then that will be another one so it feels like the virus just spreads and spreads and spreads and it's oh. less a case of oh, I'm just going to mop that up I only need to take one off of there 
Um, I I very nearly lost because I had like at least three chain reaction outbreaks. Ah, oh. but I just squeezed through. Um, there's also like uh mutation events in the player deck. Okay, so there's three of those by default. <laughs> I was like, oh, I picked up one of my cards. Oh, one of mine was uh, was an epidemic outbreak. Oh, that's fun. What's my second card? Oh, it's a mutation event. Oh, Whoa. no. And they can be things like put the... Uh, if there are any cities that have two specifically of the mutation thing, yeah. add an extra one to make it up to three. Uh-huh. Um. For everything else, ignore it. So it's alright if everything's just got one, but if if that's already started happening, it can suddenly make things a lot worse. Yeah, it really sounds it. Uh, yeah, I, that's the first time I played it and won it, because we, we played together and lost, but not by much. So yeah. it was quite cool to go, I have done the thing, woo! Huzzah! Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you played any else? Uh, I've been playing some Dragon Quest XI. Um, because I finished playing through Final Fantasy VII and was like, I'm still craving... More Squeenix, more. I'm craving more uh, JRPG goodness. And mm-hmm. I've tried Dragon Quest as a series many, 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 many times and it just never quite clicks for me. No. I always think, oh, maybe this will be the one. It never clicks. So... um. I will summarise, because I've not played a lot of Dragon Quest XI this week, but um, I played it in its default mode, because it can be played on Switch as either like a 3D uh, open-worldy uh, RPG, or at any time you can swap to like a top-down 8-bit style and play it like one of the classic ones. Okay. Um, and I've, I wanted to give the 3D version like a proper shot before I, you know, yeah. put too much time into the, the, the top-down turn-based um, mm-hmm. equivalent. Because fancy, nice-looking cutscenes and whatnot. I want to appreciate those. And whatnot. Yeah. So, at first, I really didn't get the combat. So, you see enemies on the overworld, you touch them, and you go into... Uh... You go into a battle, and basically you're in the... You can still see the overworld around you, or something approximating it, and you've got this circle of area that you can walk around in. And... It feels almost like an ATB system, um, but without a visible ATB bar. You can walk around in 3D space and get near to the enemies you're going to hit, and then eventually a menu will come up and go, okay, you can press the thing to do a single sword hit. Um, it It felt real slow, like having just played Final Fantasy VII... Where it's like, hey, while I'm waiting for that bar to fill up, I can be doing basic sword hits, and the menu is for like more flashy stuff. Yeah, it did feel very weird to be waiting around for an invisible meter to do hit. Okay, I'm gonna run around in a circle for a second. Hit. Does that um, give you an opportunity to dodge though? So this was the thing: is I was trying it out. I was like, moving away from enemies doesn't seem to give me any ability to avoid getting hit. Huh. Uh, I tried, like, running around the back of them. It didn't seem to do more damage from, like, attacking from behind or anything. And I couldn't work out what purpose this moving around served. All it really seemed to do was slow down the flow of combat. And I was like, this seems very weird. I just don't... I just don't get it. Right. I just feel like I'm not enjoying this combat. I don't know why. So I talked about this a little bit, and some people started messaging me on Discord going, so... There's a setting you can turn off in the menu. There is no ATB bar as such. Um, the moving around does nothing. 
Like, it serves literally zero purpose in combat. It's purely aesthetic, and it causes weird pauses in the combat, and it makes it feel a lot more stilted. Uh, People are like, go in the menu, change this setting. And I went and changed the setting they told me. And it's like, oh, it's a a 3D 3D graphics turn-based combat. And as soon as it was just, I do the menu, I do my hit, they do their attack, here's the menu again, it felt so much better. And I was like... Why did you, as default, let me weirdly walk around in circles for no reason? What a weird choice. Yeah. So, like, I'm enjoying it more now that I have been able... Because here's the thing. I don't mind an action-based, you know, uh, 3D JRPG. Yeah. I don't mind a turn-based one. I just need to know which is which. Yeah, it was such a weird, like, weird hedging of bets down the middle that I wasn't... I wasn't digging it. No. Um... That said, the only other thing I, I feel really equipped to talk about this early on is I do like how the game handles its difficulty settings up front. So it doesn't have like easy, normal or hard. It's the difficulty is what it is. But do any of these particular difficulty increasing options sound like things you would like to do? And they're all um, very specific ways you can tweak the, the, the difficulty. So it's like, do you want to play through this without the ability to use healing items mid-battle? They're only usable outside of battle. Or do you want the rate at which you gain experience to be a little lower? Or do you want it to be so that you can only get XP by fighting things of your level or higher, so that you are discouraged from level grinding weak things to level up? Or, like, it's it's a bunch of things like this that go... Does this sound like a fun challenge to you? Because if so, you can have this in and that will make it harder. Okay. But like, And is that toggleable during the game? Uh, or that is, is it just during se- It is toggleable during Ooh. the game, but it is also sort of presented to you up front. Okay, it's, but it's nice to know that you can sort of mess around with that during the game because there, there have been yeah. like RPGs where I've picked things that right at the beginning, got 14 hours in and gone, I wish it was... A little bit harder. Yeah. So, Super hard. Yeah. From, harder. from what I can tell, that's the intention here is if you're like, okay... I'm finding this a little easier. I wish it was a little harder. Let's look at the difficulty toggles and go, maybe I'll turn one of these on and see if that... Uh, yeah. See if I enjoy the game more that way. Yeah, that, that seems really good, because X number of hours in, you might not want to go back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's honestly really my takeaways right now. I'm not far enough in to have a real sense of the uh, the narrative. Um if you play it with English voice acting in sort of 3D, oh my god, it's the most obnoxiously, like, trying to sound British accents from people who clearly aren't British. <laughs> and it is quite frustrating. Like, I'm very tempted. I believe you can change the langu- the the voiceover language to Japanese, and I might have to do it because <laughs> I can't stand listening to more. <laughs> bip, bip, governor! How are you doing? Oh, bip, bip, cheerio! What's up? <laughs> That's like every fucking character is... Oh, cool, blind me! I'm off to do this now! What are you gonna do? So it's not uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's not Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's not Nino Kuni. It's not like actual British people doing like a charming variety of. It's all. It's all late it's... 1800s Cockney Londoners with very high pitched voice, like, oh, it's all that. It's all scare quotes. That voice Americans do. Oh, yes, that one where it's like, oh, yes, oh, yes, I do a. Frightfully good British accent, I do. It's a lot of that. Fish and chips, gore, blimey, governor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 
I've not been super keen on that. Because uh, honestly, a big part of why I, I was playing it in the 3D mode is I was like, I want to see the cutscenes. I want to hear the voice acting. And I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just play this as a like a retro style uh, JRPG. I, I like that you can change on the fly. And okay. I, I think by next week when we chat, I will have probably put some time in it in the other the other mode as well. Mm-hmm. Have you played anything else this week? Yes. I was about to say no, but you've played clearly a lie. You've played one thing a lot this a week. A lot. I've played it a lot. I, I I got it to stream last week. I was like, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think I think I will finally invest in this thing. And oh dear, I've fallen in a Factorio-based hole. Yes. Uh, so fr- from the outside, my understanding of this game is. You make a factory where a, a conveyor belt picks a thing up and takes it to another thing to refine that thing to take it on a conveyor belt to another thing to do a thing to it to take it to another conveyor belt to do another thing to it. Yeah, you, that's what I enjoy about it. You, you make automated machines that, that just eternally move things from one place to another, yep. automatically doing things It's, it's for all you. about the conveyor belts and the, the inserters. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and that is the fun of it. Like, I have a thing over here, I need a thing to do this. I need loads of this thing. <laughs> I'm just going to make a thing that makes those things. Okay, uh, so I need to use these belts to put coal in it to f- to fuel the machine. And then I need to put, um like, the actual raw thing that it's going to smelt or whatever. So, like, iron ore, maybe? Yeah. So I've got something mining the iron ore, something mining the coal. Yes. Then those are fed onto belts, so that will be sent to... Like a smelter, yeah. The smelter will smelt the thing, and it will pump out iron plates, and I yes. will use those to build something else. And then presumably those have to come out the other end of the the machine. It's like ah, oh, I have those now. A conveyor belt will take them to the place where they get made into the thing I need them made yeah. into. And it, it happens in sort of a nice, rewarding, yeah, organized. It's it's a li- lots of little puzzles, lots of little yes. little tiny puzzles. How, how do I organise the thing so that it efficiently does the thing I want it to? I'm not sure it's efficient. Ever okay, since I got well. like the option to move belts underground for short yes. periods and um, like split belts into two <laughs> like since then it's been like oh my, it's just spaghetti everywhere and <laughs> I, I kind of love it. I mean that sounds hilarious and amazing and I love the idea. There, there are times when I'm just looking at like this Huge, messy array of long-armed inserters, normal inserters, and belts everywhere going around each other. And I'm looking at it and going, where are the cogs coming from? I don't... This machine is getting cogs from somewhere. And I I literally have no idea where it's getting cogs from. That's beautiful! <laughs> There's a moment this morning I was just looking at it and I was going, it's getting cogs. It's getting cogs from somewhere, but I need to speed up how many cogs. Where are the cogs coming from? You just got a cog! Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I worked out in the end. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful that they love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> yeah, it's so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm clearly not good at it. I mean, being good at video games is overrated. Right? Yeah. But it, it is fun to just go, I have made this thing, I've made this thing. And then it started to get a bit dark. So I, I initially I set it up and just gone, I think, just like stands, like basic free play mode. Hmm. Hadn't really thought about that. I was just like, new game, new game. These settings, that that's fine. Hmm. It's my first game. I'll whack up the spawn rates on various types of ores and the size of those patches. But that's about 
So I started playing and I didn't even see any, like, enemies. There's nothing on this planet except for me. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, just... there's been no tutorials. I've had to get everything off a of wiki. This is a very badly designed game. Yeah. I'm to try the campaign. I remember there being a campaign at the beginning. Let's see what that's doing. Oh, that's where all the tutorial is. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. So I played through that, learned some things. And learned that there's quite a lot of combat in this game. Like, yes, because they're native species to this planet. And native, native species, species of like bug things that will just kill you very, very easily. They will kill you. So it's like, okay, I'll set up some automatic defenses around my base. And I think if I had started my game with that campaign, I'd have a very different like outlook on the game. But because I started in this, ah, here is just a beautiful place where I am the only one here and I can just do the thing. And now it's like, I found oil today. It was far away from my base. I drove there in the car that I built, powered by coal. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't want the things, and I can see that they're, they're starting to build a, a base not far from here. I need, need them to not attack my oil. So I'm going to build a big wall around the oil. And then I'm going to put guns around the side of it. And I was like, oh no, I'm America. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I'm America. What am I doing? You're going in and taking the oil, and the species, the people are going, No, we don't want you polluting our place and taking our oil. No, stop it. And you're like, Gonna gun you down. I haven't, I haven't encountered any to shoot yet, but I can see that they are starting to build bases all across the map. Which, considering I have no infrastructure for weaponry at this point, I've done a lot of research. Like, quietly did all my research. Didn't mess with things too much. As soon as I discover oil, they're all like, Mm-hmm. Hello there. Well, I think we're going to have to kill you now. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. Hopefully the game will be critical of this whole situation. It's still an early access, so I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I am, like, just really enjoying the satisfaction of just make stuff, put stuff here and there, and now I have a train. It goes really zoomy. and. Zoom. I can, I, I can set it so that it, it goes to another place and comes back on its own. It goes to a place, it fills up with oil, and it drives back to my main base. At incredible speeds. You can like set up whole automatic timetables in the game. So you can run two trains on the same track. So like one leaves here. Okay, well the other one will be going around the sort of loop-de-loop -loop pulling out of the station as it comes in. So you can sort of set up a whole system for that, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, hmm. it's um, I'm really enjoying that, especially now I have trains. I could see you getting into the train aspects of this game. I like trains. Like trains. You can play trains. on peaceful. <gasps> play on peaceful. Play peaceful. Just... Make trains. Play on peaceful. Make trains everywhere. Like I spent Yay. like a good hour earlier, just making like I need a box full of rails. Make me rails. And now I could, I mean, I don't know how big the map is, but I imagine I could go decently far now. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I know this is exactly the kind of game that if I started playing, I would lose hundreds of hours to it because it's make thing that do thing that go to thing and then make the obsessively repeating loop happen. And I, I know I don't have the hundreds of hours I would need to get properly into this game. That's fair. Yeah, I, I will show you my trains, and I will sometimes let you ride on my trains. How that? 
Yay! Thank you. I went, I went right under the trains. Thank you. Yeah, you can go all the way from Tatopia to Hydrocarbon Way. Yay! It's going to be like when we were playing um, uh, Dragon Quest Builders, and I, I reached a certain point where all I wanted to do was make train tracks around everywhere. So you're gonna gonna finish that last mission. Then you're gonna, gonna get to the bus zone. Made trains. I made trains all around my island. Trains. <laughs> that was lovely. I got to come and visit your island, and you took yeah. me all around on your train system. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, uh, have you played anything else? Uh, more Animal Crossing, but that's same old, same old. I uh, have my hybrid flower garden going. I have lots of new clothes and things, and I'm I'm trying uh, I'm trying to get gold roses and blue roses at the uh. moment. I'm trying to get all fancy roses. Uh, I have a little community area in the centre of my big circuit of houses. Ooh. That's about it, I think. Yeah, I'm liking the new layout. It's very, yeah. very beautifully it's, organised. It's, it's beautifully organised, but it did take some work to get there. I did, but it's, it seemed like it was like a, a pleasant project to it was get a, you through was, the, the rainy period. Yes, during the week and a half where I was just like a bit... <laughs> it was a good thing to focus on to get me through. Okay. Mm. Well, I think that's everything we've played this week. Well then, time, time for, for this. this. Are you stuck inside during the lockdown with no garden? I have very limited ability to get outside. Try the window hammock. It fits over most windowsills, allowing you to make your way carefully into it and swing gently in the breeze on a beautiful summer's day. Window hammock. It's perfect for blocks of flats or split-level housing. Uh, I do feel a little high and a bit of risk up here. Warning. Window hammock does not express responsibility for any plummeting. Oh, hello, hello everyone, hello. Right, right, yeah. Yes, so, um, our, our work schedule's getting a little, um, unusual here in the, the film industry. Yeah, it's been very difficult to keep all of our, uh, our big summer blockbusters on the, on, yes. on the rack there. It's, it's quite hard to film, like, an ensemble cast film when you can't have people standing next to each other because of the situation right now. Yes, we did try crowdsourcing, uh, put a little message out there into the void, see if uh, maybe we could convince people with a bit of history in this thing to try and make shows from home for us. Yes, yes, so we've been brainstorming ideas, so obviously, could we come up with some shows that could be made from home, like... Could we have a bunch of movies that are all set in Skype calls or Zoom meetings? I'm pretty sure there's something we could do there. If we can maybe get some, like, night vision cameras out there, maybe find some bird watchers or something, perhaps we could make another one of those uh, ghost films with the the housing. We'll just, you know, Photoshop the the ghost in later. Oh, well, that's so the point. Spooky. You don't Photoshop the ghost <gasps> is what you don't see. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Uh, how about this? We just use green screens. We send green screens to all the actors, and we just... We have every single actor in every single scene composited into the scene from green screen. I mean, that sounds entirely possible. Do you think people would notice if we just filmed the scenes as usual, but with everyone stood two metres apart conspicuously. Do you think people would pick up on that? That might be a bit difficult, but again, we could probably digitally sort that out, like uh, duplicate the crowds. I had a thought, uh, do you remember that, uh, the film with the the hobbits and the, oh, the thing? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And they had that whole perspective thing, so oh, some of them yes. look much, much uh, bigger than the others. What if we did something like that? So they're two metres apart depth-wise... 
but they look like they're standing right next to each other. Oh, because they're they're only offset, you know, sideways by like a, exactly. Uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. How about we just do close up jump shots of characters' faces, and we never zoom out far enough to show where they are in relation to each other? So, like, you know, you're jumping back and forth between them because they're having a conversation. You just don't show that they're not in the same room. Or even the same country. Exactly, exactly. I suppose there is one other option. What's that? Just animate all the films for a bit. Yeah, I mean, we can declare the animators are essential workers. Exactly, we can make them work 24 hours a day from home. Exactly! No reason they can't work from home. Scrunch, 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 scrunch. So, (sighs) what have you watched? What have I watched this week? Um, we watched some things together this week. Uh, we because we finished Star Trek um, Deep Space Nine, we started watching Voyager, which is another Star Trek series that goes on sort of canonically at the same sort of time, but in a very different bit of space, so that we don't have to interact with the characters. No. Um, Although we did in the pilot episode. Well, yeah, we had a little bit of like, oh, there's Quark. We know him from Deep Space Nine. Oh, they're on Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. So the premise of this Star Trek is a ship went to investigate an anomaly and oops, now it's like multiple lifetimes of faster than life travel away from where it started. How we gonna get home? How we gonna get home? We don't know any of these species or the politics in this part of space. And we're running low on on power, and and we know the only Federation ship that's ever been to this part of the galaxy met the Borg. Yeah, that was that was bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I I really like the dynamic they have on this one because obviously they don't have like a home base to return to. They are constantly like nomadic on on the road. I like the whole way that we've got um. The, the the crew is comprised up of half people from the Federation who is sort of your typical Star Trek heroes and half of them are from the Marquis who are, you know, ethical questions about their methods, but basically freedom... They're, gori- they're guerrilla fighters. They're guerrilla fighters that are, you know, they're like, hey, we believe that this is the right way to get the right thing for our people. We're going to do it with force. And um, they have very different styles of how they would run an operation and they now have to coexist. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's been really nice to see the sort of it's on like ship the, interactions. A, a full ship uh, odd couple. Chef. Yes, yes. Um I very much like Neelix, who is our uh, our new resident here is an alien from this part of space who will uh, be a bit of comic relief and mm-hmm. also tell you tell our cast what they need to know. It's a great character design and he's got amazing eyes. Oh I know, right? He's he's a real he's a real good blend of okay he's comic relief but also he's legitimately useful and he's he's smart and caring and he's a he's a character you can care for. He's very possessive. He is very possessive and that is a whole thing. I'm glad we sort of got through the possessiveness arc and he talked that out. I can't believe we watched the whole of the first season and barely blinked. Oh yeah, it fucking flew by. I don't know where the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't know if it was a shorter season or something, but at some point like I turned and was like, oh, season two, episode three. When did that happen? Oh god, I didn't even realise. I knew we'd gotten through like 17 episodes. I didn't realise we'd hit season 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've we we we've been flying through it. Mm-hmm. We we finished Deep Space Nine and we're like, 
We could go for more of this era of track. Uh, a bit more track. Like, what if there was more Star Trek of this era? I love that every time we turn on Netflix, it's like, do you want to watch Next Gen? And we're like, no, we're, 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 we're watching Voyager right now. Maybe next. Maybe next. Like, I'd, I'd certainly be up for Next Gen, but, you know. Voyager. I've definitely seen more Next Gen. Yeah, Voyager first, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm having a good I'm having a great time with Voyager. This is, this is probably the most you've seen of it, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've seen most of the episodes so far. I, Voyager um, was one of the series I was more into. I I like a lot of the stuff with the holographic Doctor. Yes. Um, I I will say I feel like they have relied very heavily in this first season on a lot of. Like they've had mul- so many holodeck. Episodes. They've had multiple back-to-back holodeck episodes. Mm. Um. They've had multiple episodes with like overlapping holodeck themes. Uh, a lot of the episodes are go down to planet. Oh, didn't didn't realize there was a species down here already. We have a bit of well, we're not sure of each other. Oh, we understand them now. Okay, fly away. Also, the ship lands. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's like we 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 have a we've shot video of the ship landing. Can we use that a lot, please? I I did enjoy the um, Amelia Earhart episode. Wow, that was quite a thing, wasn't it? It was, it was an unusual one. I I had fun with it. Mm. Um, it was a fascinating idea. Oh, was less sure about the Native American one. Oh, much Yeah, that was. Mm, <laughs> yes, I I very much enjoyed as well the one uh, with the the Pleasure Society. Mm. Um, yeah, there's been some some interesting alien societies. Come to the planet of France. Um, I I like I think the thing I like most about it is how frequently it's throwing new kinds of alien species yeah. into the mix because it's not like set in one set location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rather than being here are the factions, it's like no, let's go explore all the different aliens. Yeah. I like those ones that are like p- piecemeal together from pieces of other. Oh yes, those. Those are terrifying. That is a really interesting character design. It's fascinatingly designed and executed on. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Voyager's been really yeah, fun. Been enjoying Voyager. In- I, yeah. I enjoy Voyager. <laughs> what about you? What have you been watching? Uh, I've watched like a bunch of horrible histories compilations today. Oh, I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> Sometimes it's... you fall down a rabbit hole. I, 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 I can't even remember how I got into it. It was like, oh, okay, that was just on my up next. Okay. This is the I mean, the, the sort of edutainment children's uh, yeah. like ah here's history but with all the rude bits in oh children there's rude bits in this there's basically rude bits in history that it's, yeah. it's done in a really light-hearted way but doesn't yeah. shy away much from the blood and guts of history yes I I I here's the thing I've not seen much if any of the the TV show but um the books that the horrible science and horrible histories books mm-hmm. that those were based on. Uh, I was very, very, very into those growing up, um, to the point that I have several of them signed by the author, um, who came to our library in Bournemouth uh, many years ago. But um, yeah, I I always enjoyed the, hey, we're going to be legitimately, you know, educational, but you know, that we're going to do it in a way that isn't just boring and clinical. It feels like the kind of thing I would have loved as a kid, because I loved, like... um... Like sciencey songs and history yeah. songs. Oh yeah, no, like this. It it was the perfect blend of like I have an interest in science and history, but I don't want to just read a a dry clinical textbook. I want to you know have some personality. Yeah, like because a lot of history books can be very like, and then they fought a battle, 
and then they went home, and this person died, but it's okay, because this happened, and this is like, I'm dying, these are the consequences of this. Yeah, it, it personifies people and events um, in science and history to sort of be like, hey, let's get you emotionally invested in this, this narrative arc. But also with, like, a level of humour that keeps you engaged. Yeah, I... I would. I've heard positive things about the show, and I'm like, I'm. I'm not surprised. The source material is 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 good. I I know some people who probably within the last two or three years were talking about the fact that they basically got their entire household together, got really stoned, and watched all of horrible histories. I mean, it does seem like a like an enjoyable, slightly inebriated watch. I guess so. <laughs> like drinking horrible history sounds like a quite a wild ride. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that was me. What about you? We watched. Uh, we watched another thing together. We finished watching the Midnight Gospel. Mm. Um, that's a fascinating show. That um, I cried a couple of times in those last couple of episodes. Yes. Uh, yeah. The some of the conversations towards the end of that show about like the nature of of death and coming to terms with that being a thing that will happen was like that was. Again, the same as the first half of the series, multiple times we paused and were like, let's stop and just talk let's after talk watching about that. The thing. And it's nice to have a show that's sort of made us go, yeah, I have thoughts about this thing. Yeah, and not even just to go, they said the thing, but it's like it became a springboard to have discussions some, of our own feelings yes, about these some things. some meaningful conversations about important topics. Yeah. And yeah, I... I feel like I came away from that show really just in a good in a in a good mood. Mm. Like it 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 felt very healthy to think through the topics that show was, you know, was talking through. Yeah, it raised some very interesting points about like dealing with things, yeah. feeling things and like looking after yourself mentally. Yeah. Like, you know, there are some moments where it's like, hey, this is a meta-narrative thing about, oh, we're gonna silly song, uh, sing a silly song about not touching certain colours of gas, otherwise you'll turn inside out. And then it's like, no, we're gonna have a conversation about what it's like to know that someone you love is dying. And... Again, it's like a light-hearted thing that is trying to make much more serious points. Yeah, it's... I think those last few episodes in particular really sold me on this being a show I want to see more of. Like, mm. I want this to get another season. It's, uh, there's definitely, I feel like there's a lot I could benefit from re-watching re it at some point. Yeah, definitely. Like, there have certainly been times when I've been so distracted by something that has happened visually that I've not quite picked up on what's been said. Or, or vice versa. Indeed. Yeah. It's, it is a real interesting show that is well worth a well worth a watch and i will say if you're someone who's ever wondered what kind of conversations do people have when they're a little bit uh, a little bit ooh, away with the fairies once their ego is out of the way yeah once their ego is out of the way this 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 is the conversations that they have yeah <laughs> it's it's very much well, I mean, there's there's a whole th there's like a whole part near the end where they're just talking about like the death of ego as a thing. It's it's a lot that show. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, but like in the best way. Yeah. And, and as so I think as someone with a history, I've had that. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of been there, seen that, done yeah. that, had this conversation. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, walking <laughs> around on the inside of the brain, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I yeah. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a great show. I don't think it's for everyone. No. Um it's it's the kind of thing that you, I, th- I think, to get the most out of it, you will have to already be in a place in your life where you're willing to to hear, like, hey, maybe mindfulness and being aware of your own feelings is a really important thing that should be a high priority in life. Yeah, because it can be very hard to get to a point in life where it's like, I have problems and I need to consider that. Yeah. you you. I feel like you need to be in a place where it's like, I can sit with my problems and recognise they exist and be introspective. To get the most out of the all oh, the, the the silly visuals while we talk show, mm-hmm. uh, it's real good though. Have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing I've watched this week is I watched a video on the Leonard French YouTube channel um, called "Binet USA Suddenly Claims Ownership of the Bi Flag." That was quite a Twitter thread. Yes. So. Um, to, to summarise quickly, the video that I was watching, uh, th- this YouTuber is a copyright lawyer who is also a bisexual man and was talking about, hey, let's talk about this whole thing that went down. Okay. Is this like the person who's like law- um, like contracts in movies and stuff? Uh, I believe that might be the same person. Okay, um, yeah. the, the, general, the general gist of what went down was... Um, about 20 years ago, the bisexual flag was made by an individual who uh, created it with the intention of it being free for everyone to use. Like, very famously, like, the Wikipedia page for the bi flag talks about it being the only um, pride flag that is not in any way copyrighted or trademarked and that is completely free and intended for public use. And it's a big part of why the bisexual community gravitated to that flag design 20 oh. years ago is... We know that we can reproduce it as de- as desired as a pride symbol and not worry that a corporation is going to try and monetize mm-hmm. it off of us. Uh, 20 years later, a company called Binet USA has tried to claim that actually they own the flag. Um, and the short version is the creator of the flag was an unpaid intern with this company at the time that he invented the flag. So they're trying to claim they own the flag. First of all, you can't copyright or trademark a flag, basically. You can't copyright or trademark a collection of geometric shapes and colours. Um, it's why most of the world's flags are not uh, copyrighted or trademarked, is you simply can't under most of those kind of systems. Um, the legal claim they have that, like, they weren't paying this man while he was there, so it's not like they can go, you created it on company time with company resources, it is ours, we own it. Yeah. Even if so, really what they should have done is 20 years ago said, we own this flag, because then the community would have gone, okay, we'll use a different design that isn't owned by a corporation. Yeah. Uh, It feels like a big power grab to go, we've waited 20 years so that the community gets really invested in it, and now we're going to try and make money out of it. I've heard rumours about something to do with uh, the person that's in charge of that group Yes. So a former VP from the company has been on Twitter and basically gone... Hey, so the person currently in charge is basically incredibly egotistical and trying to make this a personal vanity project she can profit from. There's a lot of threads you can read about the the current VP basically being a bit power hungry and going on a bit of a tirade. Um, 
having read several summaries and watched this particular video, um, the general consensus seems to be legally, Binet USA have no real claim to the bisexual flag. Like, if they were fought and it, you know, went up the courts, ultimately it would probably be said, no, you have no claim to prevent people using this or to force it to be licensed. But they're going to try and strong arm people? Yes. So the, the great example that everyone keeps coming back to is the happy birthday song. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Uh, Warner Music, for about 30 years, tried to claimed that it had copyright on that song, um, and basically strong-armed people. It's why, like, for decades, restaurants would play their own They'd off-brand, always do, um, like... For their Jolly Good Fellow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, is because while Warner didn't actually have a valid uh, claim to ownership of that song, they were a big enough corporation that they could threaten people and basically go, hey, settle, or we're gonna sue your ass, and... People would look and go, eh, previously people have settled, presumably they knew what they were doing, and yeah, it's a big company, uh, okay, here's some money. Um, and basically get several decades of, you know, we're going to scare you into giving us money. And it seems like that's the situation Binet's in, is that mm. they're likely hoping that no one will have the time and money to legally fight them on this. And it's a whole big situation right now. Um... I, I'm glad that it has picked up the traction it has and enough people have noticed it that, like, as long as people stay loud and vocal about it, then, you know, we can maybe do something about it. The thing that is a real shame is this year we're probably not going to get a lot of Pride parades during Pride season this year, which, honestly, that would have been a perfect time for... That would have been a great thing to have people marching with uh, you-can't-take-our-flag signs and whatnot and be like, yeah. hey, let, let's have photos of people marching in the streets going... No, Binet, you can't take this. It's not yours. Um, it's a real shame that like this has happened at a time when we can't get out in the streets shouting about it. Mm. Um, it feels like it feels like a very calculated year to have gone. Yeah, let's take it now. Yeah. When when people, you know, we can't get like photos of demonstrations against us. Mm. Uh, so that's a whole situation I'm keeping an eye on. But that that video is a fascinating like read on the 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 legal side of what's gone yeah. on with that. Oh. What about you? Have you watched anything else? That's it for me. Well then. Time for this. Time for this. Lola, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like films? I, I do like films. And shows. I do like films and shows. Do you like films and shows you've never seen before? Like new stuff? I mean, in theory, All yes. All sorts of new stuff, original things in, that in, is new. In theory, I do. I Not like the same new... old shit that you're watching the box sets of back to back to back to back to back. Well, I mean, in theory, I like new stuff, but let's be honest, I do just kind of use them those services to watch stuff I've already okay. seen. Okay, don't worry. They got that too. Check out Getflix. Oh! It's a bunch of original shows, right? But you'll probably just end up binge-watching all the same old stuff you've always watched. So there's, like, eight episodes of a brand new thing I could watch, or seven seasons of a thing from the 90s. I mean, y y yeah, but the, the original, there is a, there are a lot of original content on this. Yeah, but, like, I could just watch nine seasons of that thing that I grew up with. You could, but also there's, like, a new ten-episode series of... Like this original thing, it's very popular right now. Yeah, well, how about I just watch 
reruns of a thing that reminds me of my childhood. Getflix! Head on over there to getflix.lol.net and enter the code QNPS116 um, and get up to 4% (gasps) of your first month of Getflix. Well, heck, that's approximately the percentage of my viewing time that will be new content. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 Uh, still in the office, I see. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's good that we've got everyone back in here. All these essential, essential workers. <coughs> yeah. Essential workers. Yeah. So essential. So essential. Can't, can't delay a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you gonna do? Delay us getting money? Right. Exactly. That is our money. Exactly. So what do we got on the docket today? Well, I have been, uh, saw this whole thing on Twitter blowing up about yeah, uh, yeah. the idea of just, like, claiming something. Yeah. And then you have it, and then you can try and charge other people for the things they already have. Oh, uh, yeah, you, the just, they you just say you own a thing and then it's true. Yeah, and then you can make people pay you money for saying or doing or using a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know how there was all that uh, union talk before uh, oh, before the lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't approve of that, but this has really helped that blow right over. Oh, exactly, because it's difficult to do a strike if you're not allowed to be in a crowd. Right. So uh, I had this whole idea about um, what if we took the name General Strike? Yeah. And we made a game called General Strike. And oh, then my if God. the workers say they want to have one, They'll have to pay us royalties, or we'll take them to court. Or, you know, worst case scenario, we just give them a copy of the game and go, There you go, General Strike. Yeah, you've achieved your General Strike. There you go. Yeah. That'll be fifty nine ninety nine. Indeed. Plus, you know, it's a great video game name. It's, you know, it's evocative, you know. We yeah. shoot missiles at things, strike. probably. You know, do drone strikes or something. Strike. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we can probably get, like, some corporate tie-ins with the, the energy drinks. <gasps> And the snack food. The main character could be a general called General Strike. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? What about my ears? Ears. Ah, uh, it's mainly been podcast catching up because yeah. I finally caught up on everything I missed while um while I was listening to uh, the Magnus archives. So I've been catching up on uh, trends like these, which has ended. Uh, I fell far enough behind on that that I'd missed. Ah, Travis has left as a host, and then there were a few. There were some Brent and Courtney only ones, and then they decided to end the show. Um, it was a very good trending news podcast, but I understand the reasons for ending it. it the final episode was like, "Hey, when we started this several years ago, it was." hey, largely, let's look behind, like, the the silly trending headlines, and, you know, there'll be a little section for politics, and, oh, okay, men men are being a bit terrible, we'll have our little terrible men segment, and as the months have gone on, it's become like, oh, the entire show is politics, and men are rapists, and it was really bad for their mental health to have to go through that. I can imagine. It was, for for the longest time, it was the... I need a gentle, yes, have, like f- with friends, take on the news. I need to know the news, but I need it filtered through people who will soften it and just sort of give it to me in a way I can handle, and and will agree with me when somebody has been shed. Yes, and it's it's like ah, I've not been going to actual news sites 
because I needed that filter. And I'm like, I can understand why they would go, yeah, we've been doing the thing that you couldn't do. We've taken too many bullets, for Yes, it's, we've been taking the bullets, and now we need, like, can, can someone do that before they hand it to us and we talk about that? It's like, no. They're, they're, the news is a lot, and they can't get that bogged down in it every week, and I can't blame them no. for that. Uh, I totally understand that. Yeah. Because the world's a lot right now. The world is a lot. It has yeah. been for a while. Yeah. I've, every time I see news, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to. There's a news story I saw today, and every time I stop, I'm like, oh no, I keep thinking about it. Stop it. No, don't think about it. It's a scary one. Oh no. He's okay. Protect. He's okay. Mm. But yeah, so I caught up on that. Uh, got up to date on My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the new Till Death Do Us Blart, which I think I've talked about on here before. Is once a year, a group of people talk about the mo- they watch and review the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop Two once a year, every year for all of time. But this uh, was Paul Blart One, wasn't it? Yes. So this is halfway through the year, and they were like, "Everyone needs to pick me up right now. We'll watch Paul Blart Mar- One, which most of them have never seen. They've they've watched Paul Blart. <laughs> they've, yeah, they've watched Paul Blart Two and reviewed it like six times without seeing the original film." <laughs> So until this point, all of their Paul Blart 2 things have been, like, (laughs) hypothesising about the plot that would have led here. Okay. And now they're like, oh, oh, oh. It it was just an hour of them being fascinated (laughs) by, like, that's not how I thought we got here. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so this is by um, the the McElroy brothers are half of the hosts, and then the other two are... um, they are from a podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time, which is this turned up to 11. It's, let's pick a film and watch and review it every week for a year. Yeah. Whoa. Which, I quite enjoy that podcast as a piece of, like, surrealist art about, like, people slowly losing themselves. Um, the the most recent one I was listening through was um, Sex in the City 2. Uh Oh god. Yes, so they watched Sex in the City 2 once a week for a year, 52 viewings of it and it's it's quite a thing watching the decline of their ways of watching it. Um on one viewing one of them watched it while uh, while tripping. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh it's so yeah, they come together and they watch Paul Blart and I it's secondhand suffering. It's you suffer so I don't have to. <laughs> Strings like these all over again. Strings like these all over again. What about you? What have you been listening to? Um, it mixes. It's it's. I've well, I've listened all the way up to date with Stella Firma. Yeah. Which is the uh, planet d- design people in an improvised improvised story, but with a, a meta plot that they sort of pop in at the beginning and end of episodes. So it's the story of Trexel Geisman, who is kind of a failure, but is clearly, like, born of a rich family. So no one can seemingly sack him. So the fact that he turns up, like, seven hours and 40 minutes late for every single shift. (laughs) So they've only got 20 minutes. What a convenient timescale for a podcast. (laughs) Um, And then sort of tell the... Sort of improv this story of, okay, well, how will we design this planet? And later... How will we sell this planet? And later, how will we fix this problem? <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't believe that there was... I thought there was more of it, but apparently not. There's like 46 episodes. Mm. So I've listened to all of that. It's 
fascinating. <laughs> like some of the episodes are a bit like, eh, that wasn't for me. But like the meta plot is fascinating. Yeah. The characters are fascinating. I want to know what's going on really badly. Yeah. So well done, Rusty Quill, again. I I've not started on it because I'm like, oh, I can't commit to another forty episodes or something until I've caught up on my backlog yeah, of other things. Um, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Uh, other than that, it's just been listening to music that I already know and enjoy very much and know inside out. Because mm. I realised I haven't been listening to a lot of music recently and oh. that has not been helping my mood. And I put some music on that I know very well and was like, oh yeah, this really helps m- me feel good. So, just l- nothing new. Just a lot of going back and listening to mid-2000s rock music that I enjoy. Nice. Yeah. I think that's it for listened. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to a couple more things. Uh, mixes, basically. Yeah. Um, Bass Next has got a new mixtape out. The lockdown mixes or mixtape. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it. It was very, very Aggie dubstep. Uh. And I tend to prefer Bass Nectar's more melodic stuff, so it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, also listen to, uh, also listen to a mix by Monkey Pilot on Mix Mix Cloud. Yeah. Uh, called Soul Service. Which uh, was uh, progressive trance, side trance, little bit of drum and bass. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, trance, drum and bass, Afro house, side trance, and progressive trance. It's about an hour long. Mm-hmm. Nice, little, nice little mix. Very calm and relaxing. And that's everything I've listened to. Well then, it's fine for this. Time for this. <laughs> Hi, hi, you here for the uh, for the meeting? Yeah. Yes, uh, so, I've been struggling a little bit. My my clothing store is uh, having hard times. Obviously, fewer people coming out and shopping right now because, you know, everything going on. And I was told that you're very good at um, finding effective ways to make businesses profitable. Business, 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 business. This is our whole thing. So, basically, imagine a world in which people desire clothes. Yeah. We make those people, they, they'll see the clothes on other people. Yeah. And they'll be like, damn, I want those clothes. Okay, yeah. So not sense. only will we use, like, the mannequins around the shop, how about this? We have people paid to wear the full outfit. Okay. And they're going to look really cool. And they're just going to, like, hang around in the clothing section like, hey, maybe I get another one of these caps. <laughs> and then, like, your customers, they'll come in and they'll be like, I want to look as cool as that person. Okay, makes sense so far, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. so then they go to try and get the things, but they can only get, like, a pair of shorts and some slightly different shoes. Oh! Yeah, they can't get the whole outfit. They, they can't just get the outfit? No, no, they're gonna have to keep coming back. Repeat business is all about the repeat business. Well, I suppose it would encourage people to come back more than once, I, I guess. Exactly. On top of that, how about this? People come in and for, say, 15 bucks... They buy uh, a crate, and in this is like a mystery selection of items. Some of them might be for the really cool outfit that you've got people walking around the store in, right? Oh, okay, okay. But probably not all of them. And maybe they'll, you know, buy a couple of these and get some duplicates of, like, the same white socks. But they are still getting close, so it's okay. And uh, do they bring back the duplicates? Or... Oh hell no! And once they've opened that crate, that's uh, that's it. That's their responsibility. That's that's oh, it, that's the not at all a gamble that they take. Oh goodness! Um, I mean, this sounds 
uh, like it would probably impact business positively, but it exactly does... they're going to have to keep coming back if they want that particular set of sunglasses. It, it sounds a little underhanded. This is not typically how stalls work. Where did you where did you say you're from again? Electronic Hack to Softworks. Oh God, I heard about you in the news. There's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> Are you already isolating at home by yourself for weeks on end? Mm-hmm. In that case, why not make that profitable? Ooh. Why not sign up for a multi-year long round trip to Mars? Go on. You'll still have to spend weeks and weeks and weeks at a time in cramped spaces, unable to leave, but at least you'll be able to float while you do it. Ooh. Missions to Mars. Really? Would you be that much more isolated than you are now? Question times of questions. What's the questions? Uh, Mars asks, do you think tapping the energy potential of an alternative Earth and reaping it until it is a husk of a planet more akin to a crumpled wasp nest than a mother of all known life is a viable alternative to renewable energy? No! We cannot destroy a second version of Earth to 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 save one uh, this version of Earth. We're already fucking this one up quite hey, enough, don't hey, you think? Solar power and wind power and hydroelectric power all exist. Why do we not just use them? More of we do not need to harvest Earth B to do this. Right. Uh, Pastor of Muppets <laughs> asks, If a zombie goes down and another zombie, is it cannibalism or necrophilia? Guess that depends if they bite. <laughs> I was going to say, why not both? Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> At that point, though, is it cannibalism or vor? I mean, it's cannibalistic. A uh, cannibalistic vor. I don't. It's all of them. <laughs> why well, make a choice? Indeed. Uh, Okie dokie asks, when did you know Laura was the one for you? <laughs> you've told this story before. Do you before. want me to tell this story? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've told it on podcast before. I don't think I have. Are well, you sure? it's up to you. You feel free to tell it if you want. <laughs> um, we were both quite inebriated. Yeah. And um, you'd proposed to me that afternoon. Yeah, we'd had a lovely afternoon. We'd had a lovely afternoon. And we were just having just like a really nice snug time together. <laughs> Um, and it it was just a really loving moment. We were lying together in beds, and 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 I was I was cuddled right up into her, and I looked up lovingly <laughs> into her eyes, and she was picking her nose. And I thought, I still really love you, and you're still very attractive. <laughs> and if if I can love you in this moment where you are. Fiercely, having a, a route around really up your nose. fiercely picking your nose. Just like, just so comfortable with me that that didn't, <laughs> you didn't even think about it. Just like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I, I need this in my life. Aww. That's not, not someone who's in any way afraid to be who they are. Just Aww. do the thing. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Heck. Uh, um, I knew you were the one. There's a there's a there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of of stories little I would moments that all add up. Yeah, a bunch of little moments that all add up. Um, some some of which I won't share on the podcast because I'm like, you know, just some moments where you were very accepting of of me for everything I am. Where I was like, oh, oh heck, oh heck. Also, many 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 laughs. I don't remember exactly which one, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was. Uh... Actually, you know, you know what what I'll say. I think it was. 
I'll I'll go with that day where we were lying in bed together. Um, and we'd previously had conversations with the other partners we had at the time about deep, uh, low voices and oh, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the Barry and Larry voices. Um, yes, and we'd had. In fact, part- this is, that's where yeah. this came from. Yeah, uh, the the part one of the partners we had at the time was very like, oh, it makes me really uncomfortable when you do your low voices. Like, hey, what's up? Please don't do those voices. Yeah, and. If that had happened, and we had this morning, and it was the 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 nexus of the the uh, Brochal Justice Warriors characters, where we just lay in bed and were going like, oh, "You have a nice pedicure the other day, yeah, a lovely pedicure, actually. yeah, it's yeah, real yeah. nice, real nice, yeah, wasn't it? real yeah. nice. Got got me got a little face mask. Done. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You know, it's really really lifted me eye, eyes yeah. as well because you know I've been looking real tired recently, and it was. The first time in a long time I'd felt comfortable to play around with the lower end of my vocal register being silly. And we just, we had such a lovely, silly morning in bed doing funny voices to each other, making up these characters and... Not bothering anyone. Yeah, I think that might have been the first time I was like, heck, this one's, this one's a keeper. That was it a was, lovely morning. It was a real lovely morning and <laughs> that, you know, that one sticks in my mind. We'll go with that. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading questions, aren't I? <laughs> no, we're just talking about how much we love each other. That's no. all we're up to. <laughs> That's what this show's really about. Yeah. Uh, Becky too, Hill. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. <laughs> love you. Uh, I love you too. And, and and also proof that there isn't a the one. Indeed. A one. There is a one. Yeah, mono language seeps in everywhere. Yeah, it's 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 rooted deep in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what collaborative project would you do if you had the time, money, connections, reality wasn't an object? Oh gosh, I have too many projects on that list. I'm already doing too many projects. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, if time, money, etc., weren't an object. Honestly, I would love to take the time to properly learn to play some instruments to start making more music, to, mm. like, have have lessons, teach myself an instrument, maybe do some, like, singing lessons, to to be able to pr- to take the time it would it, it would require for me to learn to do music. Because mm-hmm. um, I have some ideas of, like, concept albums I would love to, to do, and, like, ideas for musical projects I'd like to do that I just don't have the time to properly learn the things I would need to learn to start doing. Hmm. And that's a shame, because I love music and I, you know, it's it's nothing to do with what I'm currently doing, but I, I would love to just go, you know what, complete left turn, let's, let's invest, like, a, a couple of years in learning to music. That would be nice. I would also like to music, and then perhaps music something together. Maybe jam together at some point. Ah, jamming. Jamming? Freestyle music. And I hope you like jamming too. I do. Uh, Tricky asks, if you were going to scratch or otherwise irremovably pen the word fuck on any surface anywhere in your house, what would you pick? Uh, We'll assume that we own the house. We don't. (laughs) Um, I think probably a, like, probably a door frame. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because it's the time that I will most say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> because I walked into the fucking door frame again. Uh, I like the thought of like on the ceiling above like where the head would be in the bath. So when you lie down <laughs> in the bath, you just just get relaxed. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given we've got that whole 
Oh, plug the, the bath plug that says in your face, uh, Steve. Yeah, in your face, Steve. <laughs> I still don't know what Steve I don't did. Know. I, uh, question, question askers. We have we have a <laughs> bathtub in our house that on the underside of the plug it says in your face, Steve. What did Steve do? What did Steve I want, do? I want to know from Twitter people. What do you think Steve what did? did? Steve do? Because I want to know what. Do? What did Steve do? And what can I do to one day get immortalized this way? <laughs> A little Wookiee, as a treat, asks, How do you go about putting together a new tabletop RPG character? Feeling a bit of decision paralysis? Wrong, mm. literally my first D&D character. Okay, um... Congratulations on choosing World Dungeons and Dragons. Don't feel the need to overplan every aspect of your character's history and everyone they've ever known and set everything in stone before you start. Be okay with setting some, like two or three key things that identify your character and being okay with learning who they are as you go, I think is a big thing that's worth learning. Um, for my first D&D character, and still my most loved D&D character, yeah. it was, what do I think would be really fucking cool? Yeah, uh, my first proper D&D character in, in Dice Funk was, what if I just did the cool, badass, goth version of me that I wish I could be? <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of people, the more D&D characters you create, the more you realise, like, a lot of them will end up being, here is an exaggeration of one facet of me. Mm. Um, and, and don't be afraid of that. Go, like, you know, pick a thing that you find interesting. Turn or, it up to 11. Yeah, t t turn it up to 11. Um, it might be a, a you know something you've experienced or something that you like in yourself or something mm -hmm. that you need to work on in yourself and just go like, what if that was a person? How, basically, it's therapy. I mean, a little bit of that. Let's let's take a part of your personality, yeah. put it into a world, and see how it interacts uh, with other things. Yeah. I I also like um, coming up with things that clash with each other. So like, very graceful hippo. Mm -hmm. uh, for Leah Moira or uh, card uh, card uh, card game playing middle aged dad for uh, for Frank, like uh, taking th things that don't seem like they would fit and going well, what kind of person would they fit if those things were both true? The thing I quite like doing with um, certainly with NPCs, I haven't obviously being a DM, I don't always get to play all of my characters for very long, <laughs> but sometimes with with NPCs it's like. What would be if I took this out of the real world and put it in a fantasy setting? Hmm. What what what's that? How yeah. how does that interact with the the world of Dungeons well, and Dragons? Yeah, sometimes it's personality type put into situation you wouldn't expect them in. Because like, um, Nifix in season six of Dice Funk was gamer, but dropped into the afterlife where there are assassins. Like, how would this person react to this situation? Exactly. Um. Uh, um, the answer may surprise you. <laughs> I, I think more than anything, like don't overstress it. Um, throw a bunch of ideas at the wall, and if one of them makes you chuckle or you go like, "Oh, I really like this one," just, just don't overthink it. Go, <laughs> go with them. Do it. Yeah. Do uh, it. Either that or who is my next D and D character going to be? Uh, I believe it's called. Is a website where every time you refresh the page, it throws random sentences together, and it'll be like, "They are a dwarf who is." really into maths who has this kind of a backstory and like it'll get the ball rolling on like oh maybe that would be an interesting trait it, it throws a lot of stuff at you that you can spitball with yeah there's a lot of specifically like tabletop rpg 
uh, like background generator websites. So yeah. I think if you just like put say five e um, character suggestions or character background generator, yeah. you will find options, and you can just go click 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 click. I think yeah. the player's handbook's got options for you can just roll it. Yeah, and sometimes just play around with. Look at the 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 races or the uh, classes and go. Which of these mechanically seems fun or looks cool on a piece of paper? Fuck it, I'll go with that. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to just to play around with what seems fun. And yeah. worst case scenario, your character can change and develop over time, and they can become a different sort of person if you're not liking who they are at the start. To be honest, I don't know many people who play D&D and within five sessions their character hasn't changed at least somewhat. Oh yeah, there's usually pretty, like, what you put on the sheet when you, you're you like, here is my character, within a few sessions you will have realised that's not actually how you want to play them and they will have shifted a bit. And also sometimes, like, the way your dice rolls have gone Oh yeah. That might will... be like, hey, my character's kind of a loser. Uh, so yeah. let's make that like part of the aspects yeah. of my personality. One of my favourite things in season three of Dice Funk was where Valtari finally sort of forgave herself for all the stuff she was guilty about, and then started getting a series of bad roll after bad roll after bad roll in combat. And I ended up playing it narratively as she's she's given up, she's tried to be a better person. And she now can't bring herself to fight people the way she used to when she was more ruthless and more uh, uncaring. Mm. It's incorporating the dice into the narrative and, you know, thinking about could there be something that has happened that could lead to the dice results we're getting. Exactly. And that's part of why, like, not worrying too much about bad dice rolls is, like, a really good thing in Dungeons & Dragons. Bad dice rolls are not punishment, they are opening the story to go a new way. I mean, especially if you're playing a more narrative base. Yes, anything like 5th edition particularly, or a podcast-style 5th edition. Yeah. The other thing I will say is alignments for characters should be a signpost, not a rigid uh, set of rules. That might be up to your DM. Uh, That's definitely a conversation to have with your DM, but I think... think Characters are more interesting when you have the room to go. Here, we you when you can use alignments as a way to go. Here is a general good idea of as a starting point what my character's morality is. But you'll discover over time what's important to your character, where they'll you know bend their bend their moral code, and yeah. you know it's important to be able to have those conversations with your DM about like, hey, I feel like my character's going in this direction. Is it okay if we maybe change their alignment to reflect where they seem to be going and what seems to be right for them now? Exactly. Have those conversations with your DM as you go. Yeah, you could be a gruff burly boy at the beginning and turn into a weird dabbing Roomba later on. (laughs) Find out what that means at a later date. Uh, Athene Paradigm asks, who is best girl? You is best girl. You is best girl. Becky is best Becky girl. Becky is best girl. We is best girl. We is best girl. We are best girl. We are best girl. <laughs> uh, Sapphire Sunset asks, what's the most embarrassing... 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 <laughs> Sapphire Sunset asks, what is the most embarrassingly cute thing you notice about each other? Habit, conscious or unconscious action, that kind of thing. Hmm... You have a really adorable smirk you do when you've got a joke and you've <laughs> thought of it 
and you're waiting for the right opening to do it, and you're like, I've, I've got a joke. It's right here. No one knows. It's just, I'm going to get you with it. It's it's and it's it it can it can sometimes brew up to thirty seconds before you say a joke, but it's just this little like it's very impish. You have this little impish like I thought of a pun. You don't know what's coming. Like the last time I saw you do it was um, and this will make no sense to anyone right now. Thirty seconds before. Ch- yeah. Yeah. Find uh, out what that means at a later date. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with um, a video game where you play a robotic hoover in a robotic hoover school and you have to work out who killed one of the other robotic hoovers. Because <laughs> I text this to you and you looked at me and were like, huh? I, I, like, I turned to you and I was like, is this a skit for Quops? The fuck is this? I was like, say it out loud. A video game where you play a robotic hoover in a robotic hoover school and you have to work out who killed one of the other robotic hoovers. Lara. 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 I know where this is going. Lara. Yeah. Danganronba. <laughs> Jane thought of this pun and googled Danganronpa to find out enough about it so that she could make this pun. Because I've never played Danganronpa. But she knows I've played it and she came up with a pun and was like, I need to I need to read about this game Laura's played so I can make a pun at her. And it was I knew something was happening. You have this adorable little sort of like you shrink into yourself a little bit and there's a big grin and your eyes do this thing and you go slightly pink and it's just really really adorable it's just me going me (laughs) sometimes it's like when I'll I'll just stroke your hair or something or I'll kiss you on the forehead and you just do this little I get a little bit small and cutesy and (gasps) me yes forehead kisses for you that one, that that's the look. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're adorable. You're adorable. You're adorable. Oh heck! Oh, yeah. You got me. <laughs> uh, Lee Smith asks: Vampires or werewolves? Vampires have always been cooler to me. Same, and I'm not a big fan of dogs. I think werewolves are cool. Would yes. want to be one. Yes, it's um. They're cool. I'd give a werewolf a, a big old hug. I'd be friends with a werewolf. But I'm like, can I just be like eternally just sort of mysterious goth. and goth and ageless living in a fancy castle, able to fly off in the dead of night? Not even a fancy castle necessary, but somewhere I would make very sort of very gothy. Indeed. <laughs> Get away with Although wearing corsets. I would, I would miss being able to go out in the sun. Same. Yeah. Okay, werewolf, because I can't give up being allowed to go in the sun. Imagine going out in the sun with that much fur. <laughs> uh, Jim Avery asks, how did we come up with this ingenious name? Well, there was a different name that I wanted to use and other trans podcasters had beat us to it. And and we, you, we, you'd kind of settled on that name. You were like, if we do this podcast, it's going to be called this. And I was like, cool. You know... I've heard that people Google the names of their podcast before they start doing the podcast. See, I Googled it and didn't find anything, and then you Googled it and found stuff, and I Googled it a second time and was like, oh yes, of course there's stuff here. Of course there's stuff with well, this Well, when name. I first Googled it, maybe it was just because it was longer before, but when I first Googled it, no one had used the name that I was looking at, and then, oops, people are using it. Damn. 
I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's a very good podcast. I was not listening to it. Yeah. I was doing a bit of an upset about, oh, pun name is gone. But and there, there was a, a whole period of like, no, I'm not sure we can do the show now. I was like, oh, okay. It's it one hundred percent. I apologize. That was my brain doing the thing where it gets a thing lodged in, and then when the thing changes, it doesn't like change, and it curls up in a ball slightly and panics. But you came up with another name, and it grew. It grew on me, and now I love it, and I think it's great. Uh, how did I come up with the name? About a week of of throwing puns at the wall. Yeah, like making lists. A week of. You throwing puns at me going, yeah, but it's not the the other name. And then that was the one you landed on. I was like, I do like that one. I like that one too. Yeah. Um, I think some, much the, the same with, with it, it, it was somebody had said the phrase clear and pleasant danger. Yeah. And I was like, queer and pleasant, queer and pleasant, queer and pleasant strangers. That'll do. Someone said the right phrase in your vicinity while you were already looking for a pun name for a yes. uh, a queer podcast. Mm. And the right cogs fell into place and were like, <gasps> Ka-chunk. Ka-chunk. We, we were already looking for a pun-based name and someone said the right sentence around you. That's pretty much the answer. Um, Derek Ross asks, Is teasing Austin Yorsky with sex puns as fun as it seems? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lauren encourages me. Um, <laughs> like when when I was last on Humans Holler at You, she was like, "Yeah, gotta get him, get him, get him." Uh, Austin, Aust- sincerely, Austin is lovely. I love he Austin. Lo- He's wonderful. He He's is his best boy. He is goodest boy. He is good boy. He is he is amazing. But I do like teasing him in the credits. <laughs> we, we do tease him a little bit. Get a little tease. Yeah, little, little tease. There's a treat. Yeah, behind the Wendy's. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Dungeon Kitty asks, can I have a cookie? I mean, yeah, sure. Here you go. Enjoy your cookie. Actually, have you had your dinner first? Have you eaten at all? Eat something. Eat something. If it has to be the cookie, eat something. Uh, Lucy asks, what is best thing? It's partners. It's partners. Cuddles. Cuddles is best thing. It's cuddles. It's cats. Kitty cuddles. It's kitty... Cuddles slash kitty cuddles. Mm-hmm. Omicron the Sane asks, which root vegetables do you cross-pollinate to grow a tentato? Ooh. Hmm. I think you cross-pollinate ten potatoes. Ten potatoes. And then it is, yeah, ten tentato. <laughs> tentato. Tentato. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Answered that. Uh, Kelladry asks, if you were an artisan from the Italian Renaissance, what would your trade be? Oh. I don't really have anything artsy-wise that I'm good at. Have you got anything? Um, maybe pottery. I quite enjoy pottery. <sighs> yeah. Working with clay. Working with, que- with clay is quite lovely. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be good at it, but I'd tell them that's the style. <laughs> it's my style, and if you don't like it... Yeah, in- impressionist abstract pottery. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty much my style. <laughs> I used to do, like, cubes with, like, arms and legs coming out of them. and Oh, wow. Weirdly positioned bits. Nice. Yes, it was very the spiral. Arachnovo <laughs> <laughs> uh, asks, what shows have you been watching uh, in the last month? I think we've answered that. Yeah, that is... The whole section there's the whole watch section. <laughs> um, DS9, Midnight Gospels, Voyager. That's really it. 
uh, last month. Uh, I think Hilda was in there as well. Oh yeah, we did watch a bit of Hilda. Yeah. Uh, Future Fishy asks, what's the wildest fan theory slash headcanon you wish was true? Hmm. Mm. I, I, I am a big fan of the trans man Lars headcanon. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of stuff to do with um, Lars being uncomfortable with name usage and um, old photographs. Yeah, or being uncomfortable about old photo. Well, yeah, the stuff with the old photographs and um, uh, particularly like the fact that. The, the 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 theory goes into like you know when Sadie and Lars were on the deserted shipwrecked island together mm-hmm. for a while um in wherever you are mm-hmm. Sadie grows leg hair Lars does not um like there's a lot of like he he's he's very cautious about taking his top off um as a thing like he he keeps his top he doesn't and, like, like anyone touching his chest yep he's very uh, touch averse on his chest there's a lot of stuff that like. Is very I I like that headcanon very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got one? I think that one. That's Lars is awesome. Yeah, I, I very much like that theory. I will very very much always subscribe to Transman Lars. Mm-hmm. And that is all the questions. Oh, well then, time for this. Time for this. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Um, Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. You uh, still working from home? That's all still yeah, going alright yeah. for you? Yeah, still working from home. Loving it, mate. It's very yeah. right up my alley, I'll be honest. Yeah, you enjoying being able to, you know, just pop into your own kitchen, make a cup of tea, you uh, know, that's oh, way. the tea is so much better. Oh, exactly. None of them, uh, you know, cheapo tea bags. Or... None of those weird machines. Yeah. Don't so... work half the time. How, how, how are you feeling about that? You reckon you reckon you'll be able to keep doing that afterwards, or is this uh, you know probably going to end eventually? Uh, I suspect that this will probably be ending. You know how it is with capitalism; they do rather like to keep an eye on uh, their yeah. their slaves. Exactly. If you're out of eyesight, we don't know what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. You know, they, what, how is a middle middle manager supposed to sort of do the uh, eye wagging, constantly checking on you thing yeah. if uh, how, if you're at home? How is someone supposed to? Uh, how to get a salary if they're not able to walk around the room and go, yep, they appear to be working. Indeed, yeah. Uh, no, no, you know, it's, a sh- it's a terrible shame, but I think maybe it would be nice if more people had the option just yeah. to stay working at home after this. E- exactly. Like, there's a lot of talk right now of, oh, we need to get the economy open again, we need to uh, get people going back to work, and, you know, I think once that starts to happen, you're going to see a lot of places that honestly could keep their staff working from home, going, yeah, well, everyone else is going back to the office, so uh, you should come back to the office too. And uh, I really hope, actually, that we don't see that. I hope that we get some companies going, you know what, let's keep working from home longer than the minimum amount required. Let's uh, let's, let's make it more of an option for the, for the staff that want it. Well, that too, because not only can you, you know... Slow down the spread of disease by not rushing people back to work, you know, the absolute first possible option. There should probably be a wake-up call to a lot of companies that, like, you can totally have an effective work staff who not all of them are in the office. Absolutely. You know, these are the sorts of provisions that disabled people have been asking for for years and have constantly told, oh, no, we can't do that for this reason, that reason, the other. This has shown that it absolutely can be done. It exactly. does no harm whatsoever. Exactly. And I, I really hope that not only is it, uh, you know, something that 
people who are currently working from home can go, can I keep doing this? This is actually really good for me. But also when new people enter the workforce in years from now, that they will have the option of, well, some of our staff work from home. Would that be more convenient for you, or would you benefit from a from a you know an office environment? Absolutely, and there is there are certainly certain types of jobs where they will have like seasonal swells. Yeah, and surely that would mean that for the sake of their you know their office wouldn't necessarily have to be that much bigger to compensate for the the sudden seasonal swell in that way. Yeah, exactly. Like I I really hope that. Uh, when this all starts to settle down, we don't just see companies completely fold away their infrastructure of uh, remote working and go, no, this is a, a valid, viable option that should be available to a percentage of the of the workforce that is currently able to work from home. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, that's not the case for every job and every employer, but... Well, no. If, if you're someone who currently can work from home, it'd be really nice if your boss gave you the option to continue doing that after this. Yeah, don't needlessly put that wall there. Exactly, exactly. Fancy a uh, virtual hug? Virtual hug, mate. Oh. Oh. Ah, good hug. Good hug, good hug. I'll uh, pop the kettle on. Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice, nice. <laughs> So Laura, yes. where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. That's patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. Uh, you can find me Twitch streaming Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. You can find everything I publish at laurakbuzz.com, be it... Uh, Written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts, all that sort of thing. I do a bunch of stuff for sci-fi. I will be starting a column there soon. Ooh, Ooh it needs a name still, but it'll be starting soon. Uh, so look out for that. Um, other than that, I've got some books. There is Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. And it is out now where books are sold. Or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious uh, coffee table book of video game character butt That's... reviews with a bunch of developer interviews and guest reviews by um, people in the games industry. And it's unfortunately been delayed because of coronavirus, but it's done and it'll be it'll be out in stores on February 4th, 2021. Darn you, virus. Urgh. Uh, I'm also on podcasts. There's Pixel Squirt, where we talk about video game character pornography. Um, Dice Funk, where we do Dungeons and Dragons. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, soon season seven. Currently, we're doing a mini series before season seven. There's a little courtroom drama, very Danganronpa Ace Attorney ish. Um, I'm also on Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite videos at games are great and/or perfect. I'm also on another podcast, which I'm going to throw over to Jane, because she hosts this particular podcast. Is that Polyarmory? It is! You're Tell us about that. Polyarmory! It's a 5th edition D&D roleplay podcast. It's an evil campaign of sorts. A bunch of miscreants from the Underdark working for a company that basically collects famous weaponry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a whole new group of people. 
Yeah. You're the only one who survived from the f- first series. We're like three episodes in by the time this goes up. Considerably of, more than that things. recorded. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes, we are well ahead of things for that. Yeah. Excitement, excitement. <laughs> uh, so don't worry, that's not going away anytime soon. Yes, there are months of that podcast ready to publish. <laughs> Literally months ready to roll. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is a fortnightly show. Yep. And yeah, there are lots of lots of exciting things happen with regards to that. I am also on this, yep. which is available on soundcloud.com slash magnet. It's available on your YouTube channel. Indeed. Uh, my YouTube is a Maniac Janiac. I'm also on Twitter as Maniac Janiac. And on Twitch as twitch.tv slash Janiac, where I stream on Tuesday and Thursday nights. The times on that are a bit ropey. Uh, usually about 8 o'clock on a Thursday, and whatever time we finish recording this show on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's going to be a bit later tonight. Yeah, it's been, a long, it's been a long one tonight. Mm-hmm. We had much to say. Um, also on uh, janiac.redbubble.com where you can get some of my ridiculous t-shirts. Uh, you can support me at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month or even just a sharing of my things so that people will hear the words and maybe I can afford a computer of my own. Yeah. And I'll be able to make more interesting and bigger things. Whom can say? I think that's, I think that's uh, all the important ones. Yeah. So, Laura... Yeah. Will you sing us out, though? Until next time, be a stranger. I will.